Podcast Answer Man, episode number 336. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Shane from Juicing Radio, and you're listening to Cliff Ravenscraft, the man who took me a complete newbie when it came to podcasting. I couldn't even subscribe to other people's podcasts, to producing my own show and getting 7,000 downloads and a tweet from iTunes in the first month, because he is the podcast answer man. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting and so much more. Anyway, it doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first show, there's something we can all do to take our show and our online relationship building efforts to the next level. That's right, my friends. Well, that is exactly what we're here to do is to always be taking things to to the next level, taking the things that we think that are working well for us and modifying them so they work even better, even if it makes us upset to think that what we've been doing all along is annoying other people. And to join me to bring probably one of the most controversial episodes of Podcast Answer Man ever, one of the most opinionated, and that's saying a lot, Eric, (laughs) my great friend and social media correspondent, I can't even talk today, Eric J. Fisher, thanks for coming on the show today. Is you calling it controversial a self-fulfilling prophecy? It is, Okay. although I know it's going to be controversial, and you know why? Because there's this part of me in my gut that says, I shouldn't be doing this episode. I, I should, feel the same way. I, I, I should be playing it safe and I should completely stay away from this topic. Uh, everything that I know about uh, how to win friends and influence people tells me that I should not complain about anything. I should not. Uh, what is that? You know, you should uh, you shouldn't complain. But you, you, Thump, it's thumpers advice. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, well. So that's the whole thing. I, I, I know that talking about things that annoy you, and especially when some of your friends do these things, ah, uh, I don't know. I, I, there's a part of me that thinks that I shouldn't do it. But at the same time, here's here's why this episode is being recorded. It's because, number one, I know that I've been guilty of falling into the trap of doing the same thing other people are doing. I've actually even shared, and actually you and I both together, Eric, over the years, uh, have shared social media tips that allow people and give people the ability to do the things that are now annoying a lot of people. Well, <clears throat> maybe not. Maybe it's just me. Although we'll I never talk. did do paper Lee. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 called that, we called that one out uh, as yes. soon as it came out. Although um, the, the reality is, though, is that I know there are a lot of people out there who are looking to start building their platform. People who are just at the very beginning of saying, you know what, I'm brand new to this space. About, let's just say about 18 months ago, I got laid off from my job. I had been working there for 25 years. I have all of this expertise that I've been doing for this company. And now I'm going freelance. I'm Actually, the company that 
I was working for hired me to as a as a so as a contractor to do work for them and I want to do it for other people and and to be honest this is something I could do for any company in the world and so I want to actually get my name out there because I worked for one company as an employee nobody in the world knows who I am except for my existing clients through this company uh and or you know the people the the company I'm working for and so I want to build an online reputation for myself as the as a go-to expert in this area. And one of the things that I understand is that, you know, I should create a blog potentially. I should potentially create a podcast, maybe get involved in a little YouTube video production and stuff like that. But hands down, what I mean, there are some people say I should go to blogging. Some people say I should go to YouTube. Some people say I should go to podcasting. Some say I should go to all three. But one thing that everybody agrees on is that I must be involved in social media. And so they're looking out there for advice on how to engage people, how to build relationships, or how to uh, build awareness about who they are and what they have to offer using social media tools like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+. And, well... I, I hope that this episode will be a little bit of a of a premise of things that I have noticed. And Eric, I think you're going to bring in things that you have noticed that have helped you and I build authentic relationships that help people understand what we want to be known for. For you, that's bacon for some reason, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> not really. It's It's productivity and some other wonderful things. But but the reality is, is that there have been some shifts, some changes in the way that people approach social media today in in such a way that, well, I think that if they actually look at people, a lot of the influencers in this space, they would likely adopt a lot of the same strategies of what these people are doing in social media and I think it can work for somebody who already has a very large following, although I still question frequency and we'll talk about that. But the reality is, is that on a small scale, when you're just starting out, I believe that you can really annoy a lot of people by doing some of the most common things that are happening in social media today. And that's what we're going to talk about. Can Number one, can we automate relationships and number two, what are the things that are annoying us the most on social media right now? So that's going to be the topic of today. And Eric has agreed to join me for this entire episode of Podcast Answer Man so that at least he can take a, a, a minimum of 30 to 50% of the brunt of the feedback. <laughs> oh, feedback. I thought you were going to say blame. <laughs> no, 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 good, no, good, no. Good, good, No, I, I, we I take- accept fully the, I accept 100% split in half yeah. the uh, feedback. There you go. So, Eric, how did this all begin? It, it started in the last episode. You want to explain yeah, well, to people? It, it, it kind of came out of the last episode, um, the one previous to, to this one. And if you didn't listen to that, essentially what we talked about, we talked about YouTube comments first. And then we branched off into Twitter talking about taking down their, the, the, the function where you could DM anyone. And, and then we kind of, I don't know exactly how it suddenly switched, but we started talking about how we 
felt, or and I'll even just read how you said, you're, you were sad that Twitter is now more of an information network, and they call themselves that rather than a social network. Yeah, and that started because I, Twitter finally released a video for the very first time explaining who they are and what they are as a service. So that so, so we played yeah. the audio of that video and it says we're we're like a newspaper. And remember the early days it's it's not like hey what's happening. In the early days Twitter was founded by asking the question what are you doing? And yes. that, that, that so what's happening is completely different than what are you doing. So there's no question there is a shift in the focus of what the service was and what it is today. And I know a lot of people say, well, because it, you know, I've always, some people say, well, I've always viewed Twitter as an information network and stuff like that. And I think it makes a lot of sense financially for Twitter to, to be an information network because there's money in information. Yes. You know, no no doubt about that. But, but the question is, do we as online content creators as as uh, as people who want to build and establish relationships of trust and influence with a community of people who share our passions is treating Twitter as an information network really beneficial to us. So that's the question, especially when we are trying to when part of building your brand isn't just sharing getting and giving of information, it's building of relationships and relationships are not built on information alone. That's right. So we did last week or not last week because last week was Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving and I certainly enjoyed my week off. So thank you all for your patience in uh, my lack of putting an episode out last week. But uh, the last episode two weeks ago was really titled, Has Twitter Lost Its Human Feel? And I posted that uh, topic out on and a link back to that episode as an informational post linking back to my own stuff. Uh, I posted that out on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+. And number one, interestingly enough, Google+, I don't think, I think it got like a handful of plus ones. But in all fairness, I don't engage with people there very much at all. So I don't expect a whole lot there. Uh, LinkedIn, I, I think I probably had, again, one or two or three people, you know, kind of just like say they they like this. Um, and then on Twitter, there was a little bit of engagement around this topic. I would say maybe around it, it generated about seven different at replies. But on Facebook, the one post Linking back to last episode, 50 comments. Yeah, the the engagement level on a Facebook post is just so much higher. Yeah. Because it brings you back around, the people that are engaged, and brings others in, and other people see that, you know, I commented, and other friends of me, or you, or mutual friends, they all get pulled in. And and, and quite honestly, it, it has everything to do with the fact that there is the, the comments are in chronological order. Mm-hmm. And they're tied directly to the one status update versus this haphazard at reply thread that Twitter tries to do, which doesn't work very well, in my opinion. So, so there were fifty comments, uh, there, uh, which is a lot. And we're going to go through all fifty right no, now. We're not going to go through all fifty, but we are going to probably very clumsily go through some of the posts 
and and just highlight probably about five different comments where some of them are lengthier than others. And uh, Jared, I, th- I think I'm going to have you start off with the first one that really. You mean Eric? Did I say <laughs> it's because it's Jared's comment? Because there's Jared's comments in here. Yes, but um, actually, Eric, uh, I want you to start off with Jeff Brown's comment. Okay, because he was the first one who really took it deep. Yeah, he brought a, a he brought a new level to it. I mean, there there were some people that said agree, thank you, good comments, good show, things like that. Jeff Brown of the Le- Read to Lead podcast comes in and he says that uh, he's always viewed Twitter as more of an information platform versus a social network. He says, as I point out in in a post, as far back as six years ago, I was getting what I considered the equivalent of a master's degree level education. Leveraging this platform as I did and continue to do is largely responsible for the new direction my career took at that time that of a thought leader in the eyes of my colleagues and among those in my network. I think, oh, and then you responded. Oh, is it, no, mine, no, this is still him. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Okay. He then says, I think the thing to remember is Twitter's definition of their own platform in no way limits you to use it however you prefer. It, if it's the place for you to connect with family and friends, then by no means should you stop doing that. Okay. And so that that's what Jeff Brown said. And by the way, Jeff, relatively, in, at least in my world, he is relatively new to building his platform online within the last... 18 months in my mind, or maybe somewhere around there. I could be wrong, but at least I, I've met him since about early this year, sometime around early summer, something yeah. like that. But he probably has been around before that. So, so he, he is somebody who has immediately shot to the top of mind for me. I mean, when I met him in Nashville, when we were at the start conference, right. I had, I, I had I really wasn't following Jeff Brown. I wasn't subscribed to Jeff Brown's podcast, but he had certainly, uh, you know, shared with me how you know he's you, you know been benefited by Podcast Answer Man. He gave me some feedback and uh, about you know how things are are progressing with his show and and because of his relationship building connection and and just saying thank you, which by the way is a is a very good way to build relationships by thanking those who who have inspired you. Uh, and because of that, I, I have and, and because he actually took a lot of time to comment on things that I would say in social media. So if I say things and, and mostly I saw it on Facebook, uh, when I would post something, I would always see Jeff Brown with some kind of encouraging comment or remark with something that I would say. And as a result of that, I became more and more interested in who Jeff Brown is. And I would hear I would actually be listening to Ray Edwards podcast and I would hear a voice feedback from Jeff Brown. And it was always an encouraging feedback. And as a result of this, I became even more interested in who Jeff Brown is. And eventually, you know, I find Jeff Brown's a friend on Facebook. Jeff Brown's somebody I follow on Twitter and all this other stuff. And 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 as a result of that, I, I know that other people have had that same kind of reaction to that attitude that Jeff Brown carries. And matter of fact, I think I made Jeff Brown, I may have made Jeff Brown a, a personal plug of the week and not just for his podcast, but mostly for the way that he engages people in social media. But here's what I said in reaction to uh, what he said. I said, you know, regarding using it, quote unquote, our own way, that sounds wonderful. However, the reality is that there are 167 people I follow on Twitter that have been abducted by aliens and replaced by obsessive information linkers. 
These are the same people who used to tell me what was on their mind or what they happened to be doing at the moment. These sort of tweets are nearly non-existent today. Maybe I need to unfollow all of my fellow online business slash marketing friends. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, hold on. I think I might even have that. <laughs> there we go. And in fact, you did. And in fact, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I w- at the time I was at. So you should go look and see if Cliff is still fine. I'm kidding. Oh, thank you, Eric Fisher. <laughs> You are no longer invited back on this show. <laughs> this I knew this would go down as a show. Um, <laughs> so I was I was following 167 people when I followed that. And right now I'm following 69 people. And, and the reason behind that, though, the reason why is because I wanted to take back Twitter and use it in a different I, I wanted to I wanted to. I want to be nostalgic about the the old way of using Twitter. I want to connect with people who are really sharing who they are and and getting a greater insight into what's going on in their lives and what they think and what they feel. And you want to make it a useful tool for you. Yeah, exactly. Because it was losing its usefulness. It was. It was using its usefulness in that, you know, here, here's the thing. I'm, I am at a place where I'm on, and, and I think a lot of us are, we're on content overload. Yes, there is there is no shortage of things that we, quote unquote, should be reading. And if I have to actually look watching or or listening. Exactly. And if I have to actually it's like, you know, I'm just going to. Well, I don't know. I won't do that. But, you know, how to do this. Click here. Look at this. Click here. You must read this. Click here. Did you see this? If not, you're missing out. Click here. Here's a new this. Click here. I really love this. Click here. And it's like, seriously? Where, where is, you know, I mean, and and by the way, there are some of my friends who actually do a, quite a bit of that. But then occasionally I do see, hey, hanging out with this awesome person. And it's a picture of them hanging out with their kids or with their, you know, out on a date with their wife. And and those are the things that I love. Those are the things that I love to see. I like I I remember when Twitter was what what are you doing? What's going on in your life? And and I know that it sounds crazy, but I miss that and I feel like that that was so much of the charm of what Twitter offered and it offered it in a way that was different than Facebook, although Facebook has kind of always had this feel and it still has a lot of that feel. But Twitter ha- had that it's like real quick, it's like you know, I, I remember I would open up Twitter and I would go to the timeline because that was the quickest, fastest, easiest way for me to get just a deeper connection and look and feel of who my online friends are and what's going on in their lives. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, my closest of close friends that I follow on Twitter, I don't get that anymore. Yeah, I just don't. I I get a I I get a ton of links, and I, and 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 what happens? Of course, we'll go into it. We'll, so so anyway, that that's the whole thing, you know. It, it, and and I am I I I'm I'm actually reevaluating what what do I follow? And by the way, 
Um, one of the well, th- and that and that was the thing for me is after that conversation and even this Facebook threaded conversation, I even say this somewhere in there that I, this is not me just saying this is this is Twitter itself. This is me kind of reevaluating my online digital relationship. And I hate to use the word strategy, but I'm going to because it sounds less personal. But that I mean that's what it is. Yep. Yep. So anyway, I mean, we'll get more into this, but I I do want to read some other comments here and I'm going to attempt to read. I hate reading. So I'll see if I can do this here. Lord is Wellhaven says this. The problem, though, Cliff, is that uh, while some links are let's see, while some links are useful, just sharing stuff doesn't really accomplish anything either. Um, Let's see here. Okay, yeah. The goal is that more sales, quote unquote, is the answer and always more quality relationships. Did I? Oh, no, I'm sorry. See, this is why I don't like to read. It, it, here, let me do it. Okay, thanks, Eric. If the goal is more sales, then the answer is always more quality relationships. Relationships can't happen when people just share links with no real purpose or constantly trying to sell. I know this, but you and Eric Fisher reminded me, and for that I'm grateful. All right, and then Jared actually wrote back to Lourdes and says sharing links can be done and a few positive uh, can do a few positive things. For example, most people want their content to be shared or want to be noticed for their podcast episode, blog post, etc. When you share someone's link and tag that person, they see that they are they see that and are likely to appreciate you taking the time to share it. This creates goodwill between you and the person whom you shared the link. Goodwill has a tendency to create reciprocity and develop deeper a deeper relationship. I encourage Twitter users to become the noticer rather than always trying to get noticed. And then Lourdes wrote back. You want to read that? Sorry, I'm missing that here. Okay, she says, Jared, I don't disagree with you per se, but let me explain what I was thinking. There are some people that I follow uh, uh, religiously, and she put that in quotes, and she says, seriously, every comment Every picture, every link is something that I need to know. Case in point, Ed. Oh, okay. And actually, she actually does mean this. Every is something I need to uh, know. Ed. Case in point is Ed Dale. I've learned so much from Ed. It's just crazy. But if he links to someone else's content, it's clear that he's linking to them because it will benefit his followers, not because it will in ingratiate there you go thank you ingratiate him to the person he is linked to consequently i believe that i have purchased every single trading course that ed has ever sold why because it always makes me money because he always thinks of his followers first and it's all starts with the fact that he's he's curating content creating content or sharing in a way that benefits his followers first not impresses his peers Cliff's episode woke me up to the fact that I don't want to be another person sharing the same content over and over again like a machine and that my first priority is is and must remain my community to engage with them like a real person, not a robot sharing stuff so that they can go anywhere for so they can go anywhere for that. Uh, So I'm committing to myself being Lordez and not another sharer for many reasons uh, I want to share for my community's reasons, and those that I fo- that I hold in highest regard will be my community. The episode, this episode, really woke me up, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So, 
Yes. And then Jared wrote a different, I think this was, was this, I don't know if this was a part of this or not, but, um, it was a part of the conversation. It was exactly a reply to me. Okay. And, and it had to do it. This has more to do with frequency and marketing and promoting. Um, because I had a book come out in September and, and Jared said, you do a great job of this D- directed at me. He said, you do a great job of this. However, you posted a large amount of links during your book launch. I supported you with this effort. Thank you, Jared, because I believed in your book and wanted to see you and Jim succeed. Links are not the problem. If you're sharing others content that is really good and deserves to be noticed. What if a well-respected and influential podcaster put out a show that basically condemned Twitter links during your book launch? <laughs> Cliff. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't know who he would be referring to. I don't know what he's talking about. We love you, Jared. Yes, um, we do. So what, what, what do you have to say about that? What I would say about that, and, and you and I talked pre-show very bluntly, I asked you, do you remember uh, what was your opinion of my tweeting during that time? And your response was? I, I don't even remember you doing it. Um, and, and, and the reality is, is, is in my mind, I kind of do remember that time. And while I did not use this feature on my tweet bot, I actually use this mo- this feature in my subconscious mind. I ignore. Yes, that's I, a great way to put it. I ignored you or muted all of your posts in my mind during your book launch. There was a filter because guess what, Eric? I bought your book. Right. I didn't need to be reminded to buy your book anymore. So I res- I saw th- the very first time you posted it. Boom, purchased. Done deal. But then, you know, if if you continue and continue to continue, continue, all of a sudden, not only did I ignore your message to your book, it's like, okay, this is Eric. I'm not going to unfollow Eric. I'm too darn close to Eric to unfollow Although you him. unfriended me. Uh, well, that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Explain later. But um, I'm not going to unfollow Eric. And so, but what I am going to do is, I know that this is this sh- this too shall pass. <laughs> His book launch can't last forever. He's not going to be posting, you know, seven links, a, you know, three to seven links a day every single day for the for all eternity. Give I give him maybe a week and a half most and he'll eventually grow out of this season and he'll stop annoying me with obsessive tweets about his book. <laughs> And so what I'm going to do is every time I see Eric's face, I will ignore it and move on. Which means you then subconsciously or somewhat consciously even tuned me out completely and I became invisible. You did. You Everything I did, even anything else I did that would have been worthwhile that I would have thought might have been worthwhile to you also becomes just noise. Exactly. And I will tell you that um, TweetBot has an amazing functionality called mute. And so I can easily hover over somebody's name and while they're at a conference or while they're promoting something for a week or two, you can actually go in and hit mute and you can say one week or one day, one week, one or is it, do they have the one hour? I can't remember. (sighs) But anyway, um, I know it's at yeah. least one day, one week, one month. <laughs> and and be honest with you, there's a couple people that it's like, man, they're so close to me. Uh, I'm just going to mute them for a month. <laughs> See if I miss anything. 
and 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 so i love eric's question it's like jared's question he says eric why would you say if cliff you know was calling people out on this during something that you were doing and um i I think that's an interesting question because we have the example of this we eric and eric and i used to do a show it's called social media serenity or was called social hold on it still exists it's still called that yeah i i'm but uh, if you go, it's socialmediaserenity.com. I was just trying to pull it up here. 119 episodes that Eric and I did together. And Eric, I'll never forget the time that we talk about social media annoyances. The iPad giveaways. Oh, no. Yes. I forgot about that. Dude, How did I forget about that? How did I forget that lesson? There were, it was you. This is that lesson all over again. It was you and four other people that annoyed the heck out of me. Oh, and, and I won. <laughs> and you won a darn iPad. But was Sir, it worth it? But was it worth it? That was the question. I forgot, man. But you totally was tweeting that thing yeah. like nuts. Mm-hmm. And it ah, oh, it got so bad. This is back when you're following fewer people. Yeah. It was so bad that I'm like, dude, Eric, you got to stop this. And we were in a podcast. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a podcast intervention. It, it was. I did, really? I, I did a, a, a podervention for you. So so I'm not afraid to call my friends out on this and 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 stuff. But that's the thing. It, it, the question is, is when is too much? And uh, yeah, and, and 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 I would put it this way. And there was a conversation I had yesterday on Twitter which I had a conversation on Twitter. Um, it was essentially, it came down to in a noisy world, how do you gauge the frequency uh, or no, the ratio of signal to noise in a noisy world. Right. You know, it was the whole platform thing. And in fact, it was in response to something, uh, Michael Hyatt. So it made sense to couch it in those terms. Well, I, before we do that, I, before we, cause, cause we are going to talk about that, the frequency and how you do that. And, but I want to go back to something that Jared said, and and I totally agree with him. You know, there's no question about the fact that if you are linking to somebody else's material, that is going to that is going to create goodwill among you and the person's information that you're sharing. And oh yeah, definitely. There's value there. There's actually absolute value there. However, there is also potential goodwill among you and your followers. In the event that the information that you're sharing is is a great, wonderful glove fit to a majority or at least a very large percentage of the people who follow you, there's goodwill that can be communicated or that can be created among them as well. But when you are doing this consistently, the goodwill is created only between yourself and the person whose links you're sharing. And it's overwhelming to the people who follow you because there's just so much. And and it comes to that thing. It's like, man, I, I, I there's a reason why I purposely decide not to go eat at buffets because there's so much good food that even though my physical body is telling me I'm full, my mind is telling me I cannot pass up this next great thing. Have you ever have you ever gone to a buffet and and just gone and ate one plate of food? Never. And the problem of following somebody who is consistently sharing a buffet of links 
is that you're consistently tempted to click and click and click and click and click and click. And eventually what happens is, you know, you might be sharing posts on productivity, but you could be killing it for people yeah. um, and, and stuff like that. So my my reaction or my response and I and I don't have that one copied here, but I just know it off the top of my head is, you know, one of the way that you can create that same goodwill with the person whose content that you're reading and consuming, it would be it would mean just as much potentially even more goodwill and have all the same benefits without annoying all of your followers, if you were to read the entire post and then carefully craft, spend five or 10 minutes carefully crafting a one or two paragraph response in the comment section on their post, sharing how that influenced you and, and doing that for each of those pieces of content that you are sharing. Because... Because what happens is they get an email notification that says Jared Easley just commented on you, Jeff Brown just commented on you, so and so just commented on you, and all these things. And as it's like you, it's like wow, this person read, and it would mean just as much as you said if if you were to say, you know what, I I know a small group that that gets together on Facebook, and I just want to let you know you're not going to see this as a private group, but. I'm going to share this with a small group on Facebook that I know that is talking about this and I'm going to link them back to here. Now, does that have to go out to every single person on every single social network for you to create that great will? Absolutely not. Not at all. And and honestly, there's no guarantee that you even read the content when you end up sharing it. Right. But when you reply in the comment section of the content with a meaningful comment or response, you have to have read it or listened or et cetera. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, honestly, when, when there's so much content that's being shared, it's like, how can one human being literally read all those posts? Unless you're a super reader. I mean, you're a super speed reader and you just, dude, you're consuming content. Yeah. And, and if that's the case, man, I, I just, there's no way I can keep up. Um, but you know, and, and, that, and then that leads to this other thing. I, and I think it was, you said it was a Gary Vaynerchuk thing that somebody was quoting about, can we really automate our relationship or you can't automate relationships? Yeah, actually there is a quote again here to, I guess Jeff's going to get a ton of shout outs here. Jeff's latest episode of the read to lead podcast is an, not the latest second to latest uh, is an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk about his latest book. And in it, Gary quote says something, and and it's been a quoted out there. A quoted, jeez, it's been a quoted out it's there. It's been accredited. That, yes, that uh, he Gary says, um, crap. What's the quote? <laughs> what you, did you say? I, I think you you can't automate relationships. You can't automate relationships, right? Which answers the bait link title of yes, our episode. There. Um, facetiously that you can't, you can't automate a relationship. You can't send as is even Scott Stratton of unmarketing says, uh, he says, you don't set up dumb, you know, you don't set up accounts and then, you know, not engage there because it's like sending a dummy to a networking event. Yeah. And, and, and the idea, and, and here's the thing, we're not, we're not a, speaking against buffer app we're not speaking against social oomph that has cues and and their automation reservoirs. has its place in other words there is value in automation we're not saying there isn't yeah now i w- the one thing i am questioning though 
is whether or not there is long-term value for your closest followers in automating in such a way where your automated posts are happening, let's just say more than five times per day. And this is where I really struggle because there's there's somebody that I follow that I can't imagine in a billion years that I would under, ever unfollow them. Right. But the reality is, is that the number of tweets that, and it's the same tweets over and over again. And I'm like, I I mean, at, just re, you mean like reword? It's the same content. It's just reworded. It no. It's many times it's the same word. Off. It's almost the same it, it, wording. Yeah, and 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 here's the deal. I mean, social oomph has this thing where you can go in. It's like okay, so I you can go in and create a brand new podcast episode, and you can create five different creative ways to give us a tweet with a link back to that one post. And then you add that to your, I, I think they call it a reservoir. And what will happen is it'll churn that uh, th- those five responses as well as all of your other five responses that you've been adding to your other blog posts and things like that. And whenever you tell it to drip out a new thing, it will p- pull from one of those. Now, of course, Buffer app has something similar called the buffer. And those, you know, some people you could, quote unquote, rephrase it a couple different ways. But there, there are a couple people that I follow that, that and, and I'm not going to say what it says because it'll immediately, I mean, everybody would know who it is. We're, cha- we're not giving names or <laughs> giving content. It gives it away. Yeah. The, but the reality is, is that when I see this person, when I see this person's name or f- face in Twitter, that I know it is going to be one of four things. It's going to be a link to this resource. It's going to be a link. It's going to be a notification to this thing, or it's going to be a random uh, link to you know this this post, um, and and that I I see it happening twenty maybe thirty times a day, and and I and I and, and I I recognize right now I could totally be overestimating that. But in my mind, that's how it feels. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, wow. And, and, and the good thing is, is this person does occasionally share the what's going on in my life. And, and so, there, the, so there, there's definitely the balance. We, we briefly talked on what used to be, you know, the what was it? What did we call it? Was the 30-30? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, what's the, the old rule? The it new was, rule seems the, to be 80-20. It was the one-third, one-third, one-third. Yes. We used to go, you know, if we're on, if we're online marketers, we used to say we're one-third of the time we're going to share something about us. One-third of the time we're going to actually give some sharing and some love to other people. And one-third of the time we're going we're gonna to link back to our own stuff. That used to be the old, the old unwritten rule. And now it's 80-20 where it's 80% other people, 20% us. And, and, and what I was talking about in the last episode is that the, that it, or was linking back to our own material and what was going on is in the 80, 20 rule, we're, we're losing the, what's going on in your world and what's going on in your life. And what I miss, you know, and it's the thing that people said that they hated the most is like, I don't like Twitter. I don't care what you had for lunch. Well, the reality is, is I do care what you had for lunch. Not really. But I, I'm more interested in, I care about you. I care about you. And 
And if all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I know before Twitter, I had no idea that you were a baconaholic, Eric. And I think it's, I think it's a fun little thing that you do with your bacon and, and stuff. I, you know, Stephanie and I were at the airport and we saw bacon strip band-aids and we were thinking about buying them until we saw that they were $39. Oh gosh. Yeah. Even I, even I wouldn't buy that. (laughs) But the, the reality is, is that, you know, somewhere along the way there, there's the, you know, where, where's the human feel about this? But it's, even if you're actually including the human stuff, it's like, Hey, here, check out the sunshine. Here's a picture of where I'm walking today. Or, Hey, here's this. And here's that. The reality is, is that even if you're actually including the, the, uh, the personal stuff that, that I think really develops relationships it can be overshadowed by over frequency. And, and I, and what happens is, and it goes back to this word we came up right before we hit record, which is desensitizing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think again, it's the desensitizing. It's the, it's the frequency of signal to noise to, to the point where, you know, you again, even said that, uh, at some point back in September ish or later, uh, I became more noise than signal to you. Yep. And so even though you and I are close, like you completely tuned me out. And it was my fault, not yours. And 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 not that you need to actually gear all of your stuff to me. No. The, the, but the question is, is are there other people who could potentially feel the way that I do, but would never say it or quite simply doesn't even have the platform to say it or or doesn't have the relationship with you to say it? So yeah. that that's the question is, is, you know, it, it, this isn't just about having a popular podcaster, you know, going out and talking about with their influence and and. And, you know, going on the rail against informational links, 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 Um, because, you know, in reality, it's just me and it's just my opinion. And if I influence people, then I hope that it's influencing you because it's awakening something that you feel deep inside. But you kind of lost sight of and not not that I'm actually convincing you of something that. Yeah, that's only true for me. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. What I think you're saying and I'm going to try and echo strongly is we're not telling you to think like us, but what we are asking you to do or encouraging you to do, I guess I should say is think about what your strategy is. What are your goals for these social networks? What is it you're really trying to get out of it? Is there a better way to do what you're doing? And maybe there's a different way to change what you're doing to get more out of it instead of potentially drowning your own self out. Yes. So let me explain to you a, a way where I feel that I was using automation and and I, I did it to sell stuff. And I did it in a way that I felt OK based upon what I'm stating here in this episode. This was my it, it's not this year. It was actually two years ago. I did my Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. The first one I ever did, and I knew that it would probably go over pretty darn well because I knew there were, there were a lot of people who would love my tutorials that just, you know, they were saving up for some of them and stuff like that. And they, so they were waiting. I knew that if I offered a discount, it would happen. And I, I did a sale. I was going to offer 35% off of any tutorial you wanted to purchase from Black Friday through Cyber Monday. And here's what I did. I knew I was going away for Thanksgiving. I was going to Tennessee with my family. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to be consciously linking to all this stuff. Gosh, two years ago, I didn't have high-speed internet access 
on on my phone down in the Smoky Mountains. So I knew I had to do something. And so I I used something like Buffer App or probably I think I probably was using or Buffer Suite App or something or yeah. Cute Suite. I did one of those services and what I said what I did is I actually I I found seven different ways to communicate that this sale was in existence. And each of those sent a link back to the same blog post. All right. But it is seven different ways. And then what I did is I did schedule those automated tweets to happen twice a day, every day for four days. Friday, uh, actually, no, for five days. Uh, so one of them was announcing that it's coming tomorrow. So there was thir- there were two on Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and two on Monday. So I think that's five days. Anyway, so I-, I automated those, and I actually chose what times they would go out, so I knew when they would go out. But while I was on vacation from my phone, in between those automated tweets, I made sure I was putting out some personal stuff like, here's where we're at. You know, we, we just got to the Biltmore estate. You know, check out this picture of us and our family. You know, but wouldn't it be nice to have a studio in this place or something like that? You know, those kind of things. Yeah. And 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 I felt and and as people were at replying to me, I was responding to them, you know, when I was waiting in line for putt putt golf or something like that or or while, you know, the kids were going to the bathroom or something like that, I would make time throughout the day to kind of engage with people. So I was there, I was present, but yet all of my sales stuff had been automated in in the advance. But what I think where I could have, where I would have gone over the line is if I would have automated, even if I would have reworded it, you know, seven, you know, 42 different ways, if I would have automated seven of those a day, I think I would have overwhelmed and desensitized my audience. Yeah, I agree. And because we've been having this conversation, I did my Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. Um, and I think that I did a Just total, now? Uh, yeah, this year. I just finished it. And um, I I did that this past weekend. I sent one email to my mailing list and I sent out a total, I believe, of two different social media status updates. And that was it. And I had pretty much the same exact results as I did the two <laughs> past years. Yeah. So I it it's just I, I think what happens is with this frequency thing, I think we all believe that everybody's using Twitter the way that the the larger media says people are using Twitter, or we believe that everybody is using Twitter the way that we are. For, for example, for those, and I used to be one of these people who followed thousands of people. You can't keep up with it. Somebody no, no tweets, way. You tweet something and it's gone in an hour. But the reality is, is that there are some people who now use Twitter and, and the way that I'm actually using Twitter these days. I either have lists, which by the way, all my lists are private. And I do have lists. So I am actually following more than 69 people. It's just that uh, there's a good chance you're in a list, which which I only check when I want to see what's going on with that part of my uh, network yeah. um, of people. But this, when, but when I go to, I, when I see Twitter and if I'm following 69 people, guess what? I actually can, it, 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 sometimes I will literally scroll down the list and I will I will be able to keep up with 69 people. Everything they tweet within a day, I, there's not a single tweet that they tweet that I don't miss, that I that I will miss. I will see every one of them with the exception of those who are tweeting 12 times a day 
and I get desensitized. And unfortunately, I, I overlook them. And hopefully I catch a, a, an occasional picture on Instagram from them yeah. when I when, when I check Instagram or Facebook or Facebook. Um, and speaking of which, we should probably transition over to Facebook. But I have one more. I uh, one more thought on. Uh, oh, your Black Friday stuff. Yeah. The, the idea being, what is the the minimum effective dose? You know, right. When it comes to, if you tweet it five times or two times, but the two times got you the same amount of clicks as the five times did, then you really didn't need to tweet those other three times. You know right. what I mean? Right. So, well, it, it, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's the, the question is, is at what point is the sat? what's the saturation point is it, in other words. And the other question is, is your goal sales in marketing or is your goal relationships or can you have both? So the thing is, is the, the reality is, is the more you tweet, uh, well, the, if your goal is sales, here's the deal. If your goal is sales and you, the people who are going to buy from you only buy when you, when they see it. And then when they see it, there's a good chance that some of those people who buy from you, well, they like you enough that they're not going to unfollow you. And so even though they may be annoyed, um, they're still going to be a follower for some people, you know, that, that's the case. And and if they're going to get annoyed and unfollow you, well, if your goal is sales and marketing only, or at least that's your primary purpose, well, then do you really care if they unfollow you? Because, well, guess what? They're not in your target audience. And, right. and so that's where some people, are, they're very heavily focused in using social networking for sales and marketing. And, and by all means, tweet 50 times a day. Because guess what? The more you tweet, the more you tweet that free iPad offer, the greater your chance of getting a free iPad, as Eric yeah. Fisher will tell you. It's proven. It's proven. But the, but the question is, can you, can you use social media where your primary purpose is split somewhat equally between marketing and sales and relationships. And, and then the question becomes, is there, is there really such thing as relationship marketing? And I believe there is, but I think that it's possible to have relationships be the primary focus. And if relationships are the primary focus, couldn't you actually do less quote unquote calls to action and the simple fact that when you do do a call to action, people notice and they immediately jump to, rea- to, to respond to it and they don't need to see the call to action every single day or, or four times a week. Well, it's that, <laughs> it's honestly, this goes back to that whole crying wolf thing to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, like the more times you point to something over and over and over again, the one time you really need them to, they may not see it or have tuned you out to a certain extent. Yeah. So anyway, I don't, I don't know if we accomplished anything other than upsetting <laughs> a, a lot of people. Uh, but the reality is, is I don't think that anybody really needs to be upset at all. I don't honestly. I, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is that I believe you and I are having a conversation that other people have quite often but don't share publicly because they're they don't want to ruffle feathers. And yeah, and yeah. I'm not trying to ruffle feathers, but I I am very saying, you know, man, going back to what I said, man, I really miss the old way of Twitter. And some I, and we some want people, more out of this. Yeah, I want more out of this. I I want more of a relationship with people and 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 I'm just telling you that's what I want and I know that other people want this. I, 50 comments 
kind of, you know, on that tweet, on that post on Facebook that kind of confirmed that I'm not the only one who wants a little bit more of the relationship side and, and feels that it's it's kind of gone the other way. The information linking has become a little bit, you know, too much of a focus. And for Twitter, it makes sense. But does it make sense for us is the question. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, I don't know. Do you do we want to go into two more topics real quickly or what do we want to do? How long has it been? It, we're at 51 minutes. Depends on what you how long a show you want to put out. I'll tell you what. Here's the thing. Um, uh, why did you unfriend me? One, we were just I'm I didn't mean it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have it was the other way around. Two out of five people on Facebook this week that I unfriended immediately sent me a Facebook message saying, I just wanted to follow up with you to find out why did you unfollow me? And I'm thinking, how did they know? Yeah. Because my understanding is that on Facebook, I have following. I have, I say following, I mean unfriending. I have following turned on, which means that if I unfriend you, you still have the ability to follow me. You still have the ability to comment on everything. You still have the ability to Facebook message me, but for some reason, but if I actually unfriend you, you become a follower. But for some reason, there were two people that with, I mean, literally one person was like within six hours and the other one was within 24 hours. Both of them emailed me immediately saying, I'm kind of hurt. Why did you do this? And I, I, the one person I was able to immediately write back and said, well, gosh, dude, you sent me an email, a Facebook email that had 90 people in it and everybody's responding back to you and I'm getting a response to every response to every response. And I said, like, I don't know who you are. And your original email was kind of desperate and and begged me to come like your page. And the reality is, is the only interaction you and I have ever had anywhere ever is that I got a friend request from you and I accepted it so I have no idea who you are and now you've included me in this and this is not the way that I use social media I'm not upset with you or anything like that it's just I don't know who you are and I I I went and left the conversation I just want to make sure I don't get put into any more of these and so that's why I unfriended you and he's like oh wow well, I'm really sorry I messed that up. And I'm, like, I'm sorry you did too. Yeah. He's like, well, you, will you refriend me? I was like, I'll, you know, keep in touch. Send me some, some, you know, if, if I, if, if we develop a real relationship, maybe there won't be, be a day when I actually send you the friend request. Yeah. And I, and, and I was just being very honest with it. It's like, I, I mean, I don't know who you are. I mean, it, <laughs> you the only, and the only thing now is that you've called me out on unfriending you. <laughs> Uh, and, that, and, and that is not and, the basis and, for that's not the foundation for a friendship. Oh, and oh, and I should say, and and the fact is, is that you've just told me that the one interaction that we've had is that I have soured your feelings toward me. It's like, oh, so I immediately want to become your friend because you immediately became soured <laughs> with your feelings toward me. You ticked me off. Why are we not friends? Exactly. <laughs> is what you said. Anyway, I'm not mocking. And I'm just it, it's it's funny with the technology is it, what it is. It is. It's like, come on, seriously. And and then this other person who just emailed me, I have Facebook me. I haven't had a chance to respond back, but I know what it was. There the thing is is I get invited to events. You know, you it's like where you oh, yeah. cr- you create an event and you're like, "Oh, let's invite all these people." And they select all. And I'm like, and I get invited to events that just obviously you did not think of me personally when you invited me to this event. 
And unfortunately, I follow so many people that I get event requests all the time and they fill up my notifications and I say, never tell me about this event again or never tell me about this page again. But I just, they just keep coming in. You create another event, you create another event. And the reality is some people super abuse the event requests. And I go in and it's like when I have a little extra time, I go through people who, and I look at the, it's like, that's definitely not something I would have ever been interested in. If they knew that, they wouldn't have invited me. I just got tossed into something and I will, I'll click, I'll actually do a search for that person and unfriend them, knowing that it's not actually going to hinder them from being connected to me in the way that they're already connected. I've just put a roadblock from them automatically being able to invite me to their events. They're already only passively following you. So that's what you've pushed them to do. It, well, they're passively following me and they've got me in their friend list so they can invite me to a bunch of stuff that right. might potentially be interesting to me, but usually is not. And and what happened is this process, sometimes I will actually go in and search and follow, like if if I've got like 10 of them in a row, 10 in, event in, invites, I might actually, or 10 page like invites for pages that really would have no interest to me. I might actually go in and search them in a, in a block and I think this person just got searched, you know, got pulled up in a block because I inf- I unfriended five people this past week. And I I thought it was weird. It's like, how did these people do it? And and uh, you and I both searched. Facebook does not notify them that I've unfriended them. So these people must be on top of things somehow. I don't know how they figured it out. And maybe I'll email both of those people and say, can you tell me real quickly, how did you find out that I unfriended you? I, I think it's that if they are, they're still following you. You're not friends, but they're following you. So they see your content and it comes through and they go to comment and, and they see that the status uh, of you ah. and them is not friend. They don't see that it's if you're friends, it's not going to say it's friends. But if you're not friends, it's going to say friends with or or has some such something, something mutual friends like there, there's a, I'm not phrasing it right. But there's a there's a there are indicators that then make them click or see or be able yeah. to draw that conclusion. So. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and the thing is, is I, I somewhat feel bad about it. May, maybe I need to go and do the same approach on Facebook that I have with Twitter and just on, you know, and, and I see a bunch of other people doing this. And I, I've always hesitated from doing it on Facebook because I found a way for Facebook to not annoy me with the exception of these notifications. Well, uh, and you would say overall, you're not annoyed in general it's just these few exceptions and yeah. you deal with them when they come up right yeah i deal i do if i get an obsessive amount of game invites or facebook like invites or event invites i sometimes it takes the third one before but the thing is is what happens is sometimes i'll get the third one from you and then there'll be three others that come along where it's the first time that they've ever done this and well while i'm in the mood of just going in and getting these out of the way I, I'll sometimes there'll be casualties. Yeah, there'll be <laughs> there's civilian casualties in this war. <laughs> uh, there's collateral damage. There's collateral damage. You're just collateral damage. There's I promise. Social it's, networking collateral damage. There you go. I love it. And then one final uh, social media annoyance that uh, thank you Google Plus they fixed this one. All right, so I'm not going to mention a name, but I will mention this one because I I, I will say this: I've been guilty of doing this twice. All right, well I, I've done it before, and but I only do it with circles that I know that would care. But the reality is, is that dude, just because you put me in a circle doesn't mean I signed up for your mailing list. <laughs> okay, 
So it, you have the ability in Google Plus to send a status update and share it with your circle. And when you do that, you also have the ability to say, oh, send this over into the in- email inboxes of your friends in the circle. And there's one person who does this excessively. And actually, there's a few people. And I actually, you know, I, I completely went and, un- you know, removed any connection to them. But I, I won't say who the person is, but the the email this morning just re- it's like want to know how to really make a living dot dot dot. <laughs> so if you know who you are, you know who you are. Uh, but anyway, it says this person shared a post with Cliff at podcastanswerman.com. And then right afterwards, it says you can mute so and so to stop remote to stop receiving notifications from this person. You can also mute updates to this post. Now, back in the early days when they had this functionality, it's like, hey, so-and-so shared this post with you on Google+, and now it's in your email inbox. If you'd like, you can turn off all email notifications from Google+. It's like, that's, that's, a, that's a kill switch. I don't want a kill switch. I just don't want them from this person anymore. How can, I, I, as far as I know, this person's not in my circle but because he chose to put me in his circle, he has the ability to email me. And my only recourse at the time was to turn off all email notifications from Google+. That's silly. Well, thankfully, this annoyance is now taken care of because if you look at the bottom of those emails, when you get an email from Google+, from somebody who chose to use that, there's the ability, look in the, in the footer of that email and you'll see mute and then insert the name of that person. And it'll say mute this person and you'll stop receiving any of more of these notifications from that person. And I just want to say yay Google Plus, which, by the way, I think is the first time you've ever heard me say yay Google Plus. You heard it here first. That's the controversy right there. (laughs) There you go. Oh, man. I don't know if we'll have any subscribers after this episode of Podcast Answer Man. And I may have just ruined like four really, really good friendships. I don't see how no names only positive names were mentioned yeah and uh, again you don't have to do it like us but you probably should rethink or just do no. a checkup on what you're doing no do it like us never mind you just do it like us I was gonna say <laughs> you, sh- you shouldn't rethink the question is did any of this spark any response in you and if it did yeah. evaluate where you are That that's what I say I evaluate where you are. And by the way, I'm not saying that if you choose to market and sell things on on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and social media, that you can't have relationships with people because I'll, I am unapologetically marketing my products and services through social media. It is one of the reasons that I do it. But for me, my primary purpose in life and in my business is to benefit others and to have good relationships with people. And, and, and I, I kind of, I, that's where I, that's where I lean to first. And sometimes it just, I see so many things that, man, that's so overwhelming. And that's what I wanted to cover. I think a certain amount of the marketing takes care of itself when you focus on the relationships first. Yep. Hey, speaking of social media, Eric, where do you, let's just give a social media space. What is one social media space you'd most want people to come and follow you or friend you or at reply you on? Um, man, I don't know anymore now that we've said this. <laughs> um, I, I, I would go 
go to Facebook, I guess. Facebook.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. All right, so there you go. Facebook. I should have threw out a, an obscure one, like <laughs> Plurk. Plurk. <laughs> I remember Plurk. Anyway, thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Check out Facebook.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can. Um, and it's uh, Facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. If you were to actually ask for a friend request, there's a great chance I would actually accept it. But there's a very real possibility that I may dump all but 50 friends on Facebook sometime within the next six months. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm really evaluating how I use social media and and, and uh, you know creating and putting people into lists and other things like that. But who knows? The one thing I do know is that if I'm going to have a relationship with somebody, I want it to be meaningful and matter, and I want to really get to know people deeper. I want to go deeper rather than wider. Although at the same time, I I don't I don't necessarily want to discount going wider. Anyway, God bless you all. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Peace.